I'm Sarah Vine and this is Sarah Vine's Female Half Hour for Male Plus. I am joined this week as every week by my friend and co-host Imogen Edwards-Jones. Imogen, good morning. Good morning. You're speaking nice and slowly. Yes, I know. There have, apparently there have been complaints. Yes, you speak too fast like a very, very, very mad Italian. Apparently I've been gabbling. Like you have Italian. gabble, yes. So I apologise for mm. that. Mi dispiace. Parlerò più piano. Si, piano. Pianamente. <laughs> anyway, we're going to do something very exciting. We're going to have a special. We don't have many specials. No. But we're going to have a book special mm-hmm. because we thought it's the summer allegedly anyway mm. and people read books in the summer and everyone's on holiday so we're going to do a summer book special and then we're going to feature an author every week during the month of July yeah we're upping our game I think Sarah we are we're pretending to be clever and yes. trying to give an impression that we can actually read yes that we're literate <laughs> <laughs> so to kick off, we're going to be joined by mm-hmm. freelance arts writer Claire Ulfrey, who reviews books a lot for the mail. She does. And is very knowledgeable about all such things. Mm-hmm. And the author and podcaster Jeffrey Wonsall, who does a true crime podcast called Blood Ties. Anyway, they both came into the studio earlier and we spoke to them. In the flesh. It was very exciting. Very exciting. Jeffrey's incredibly well dressed. Oh, he is, isn't he? I think we have to mention this. He, he is the dapperest gentleman I have ever met. I know. And he had a cane. He did. Should we start with you, Jeffrey? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for having sprightly. me. Oh, very it's very good to be here. <laughs> I chose, because I review thrillers and crime, mm. I chose three thrillers and three crime books. Brilliant. But can I ask you, your podcast is on true crime. Yes. What is true crime? It's crime that's actually true. Is that what it is? So is it non-fiction? Real cases, non-fiction. Right. Because it's, it's a massive, huge thing. Isn't it? It's mm. massive. It's huge. I mean, I've made a... 250 hours of television documentaries on true crime. Because there's that very funny television series called Only Murders in the Building, which I've been watching, which is based on a true crime podcast, isn't it? Yes. I listen to, Radio 4 does quite a few good sort of supernatural true crime podcasts, which I listen to because you know me, I like a bit of a a Lovecraft woo-woo scenario. (laughs) So yeah, so I do do listen to them. But anyway, let's go to your books. Yeah. Well, the, the three thrillers I chose... Uh, Sparring Partners by John Grisham. It's three novellas in one volume. Yes. Mm. The Blackbird by Tim Weaver. It's another of his stories about a missing persons investigator called Raker. Mm. And Aurora by David Kep, who wrote Jurassic Park. Oh, okay. okay. And it's a very good novel. It's, um, I'm not a great lover of dystopian thrillers, but it proposes an interesting idea that some kind of solar storm knocks out the electricity in the planet mm-hmm. everywhere. So everything stops. Mm. And what do you do? And how do you survive? Right. Sounds that, good. That's an interesting concept. Quite possibly true at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I think we probably, I just go and have a snooze. Yes. Well, it's, it's very good because it's focused on one dysfunctional Is it new? Fam- Is it new? Oh, brand new. All these yeah. are brand new. Right. Oh, right. Okay. Um, it's focused on one dysfunctional American family which has separate parts. Yeah. There's the mother with the recalcitrant teenage daughter and there's the the brother who's extremely rich and has built himself some kind of retreat. And, mm-hmm. oh, it's, it's character-driven. In other words, it's not just, oh, a lot of zombies. Uh, yes. Which drives me to distraction. Are there zombies? No. No, no. not as far as I haven't found any yet. <laughs> these are like sort of almost like event publishing, these ones, the John Grisham. And mm. that. I mean, people have been waiting. They, they wait for those. Like a, Yeah. The Blackbird they should wait for too because Weaver is very, very good. Right. It's a brilliant concept. Very simple. Two people driving a Land Rover in Surrey crash off the road. It plummets down a ravine. Mm. The Land Rover turns over and quite quickly bursts into flames. When the fire brigade arrive, no sign of the occupants. 
Okay, that's a good one. Okay, Sarah's yeah. in already. And I'm in on that one. I like that one. It's good, isn't it? Yes, yes. I like that. Yes, yes. I do. Like oh. I, I love a true I mean, I love crime novels. Yes. That's really all I sort of read. Yeah, I'm not a great thriller No, reader. you like emotions, don't you? Yes, I do, yeah. yes. But these look great. But maybe emotion. crime is good for summer, isn't it? Because people like escapist books. Yes, oh, I, think, I think crime is probably good any time. How do you maybe. differentiate between a thriller It's very, and crime? very difficult. Because yeah. there are crime thrillers and thriller crimes, yeah. and you can't really. No. You, you, you broadly, if it's, a, if it's got a detective at its heart, it's probably yeah. crime. Yeah. And if it's got a sort of lone figure like Jack Reacher, it's probably a thriller. Yeah. Oh, I see. And what about the Grisham? Tell us about that. Grisham is very clever. It's three novellas. The first about a lawyer who disappears, leaving his family and everything else. Mm -hmm. The second one is about a man on death row and how he spends his last hours. And the third one is about two brothers who've inherited the law firm from their father who's been sent to jail for killing his wife. Oh. And the brothers hate each other. Are they connected? Not really, no. no. But it's called sparring partners after the last story. Right. right. Because they are. Right. So essentially, if you like Grisham, it's very, very elegant indeed. Right. Beautifully told, spare, clever, and with a twist. Each one with a twist. Mm. Yeah, really good twist. Yeah. yeah, can you see the twist coming? Because you're clever and have read a lot of these books. <laughs> you can sometimes see it coming, but to be honest, not often. Have you ever been tempted to write one yourself? The trouble is, I don't think I have the voice. Really? Um, no. Ah, so that's interesting. So I, you think crime novels are as much about voice as what happens? I think they are. Right. Okay. It's a very tricky one. But, you know, I've had a little go, dabble at it, but I think... But James Patterson, he's very, very popular, isn't he? And he writes a lot of crime novels, but he doesn't have a voice particularly. No. Because lots of people write I think you've got quite a good voice, actually. But isn't he the guy who farms them out? He does farm them out. Yeah, it's an amazing production. Yes, with Bill Clinton, he's done one with Bill Clinton. Yeah, he's done one with Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton, I know. I mean, he's a franchise, basically, isn't he? Well, if he's just published his autobiography... Right. He's a very nice man. I've met him a couple uh, of times. Which is mm. extremely good. Mm. Is it? I mean, he was incredibly bright. I mean, he was mm. CEO of a major advertising agent in New York at 38. Right. I mean, he's nobody's fool. Mm. And uh, yes, a part of it's a franchise. I agree mm. completely. Because mm. he's endless writers he works yes. with. You know, it's yeah. But also, if you get him to talk about his own particular books, Alex Cross being his principal character... Mm. Mm. He's very good. Yeah. It's very easy to sneer at James I'm not Patterson. sneering, no. no. I don't I'm a little bit jealous, to be yes. honest. <laughs> I mean, he's found a formula in it. Well, no, listen. John Grisham owns, what is it, 20,000 acres of Virginia. So, know, you know, exactly. There's <laughs> a lot of money in typing if you get it right. <laughs> so, Claire, exactly. tell us about your first three books. First three books. So, the first one I've chosen is The Exhibitionist by Charlotte Mendelssohn. And this is a sort of bourgeois comedy of manners and it's about a marriage falling apart in a Hampstead Mm. house and it's set in 2010 and it's a bit like Tessa Hadley but much sharper and much more vicious Mm. and it's about a wife who's devoted her life to her husband who's an artist and he's a monstrous ego and she's sacrificed everything for him but she's the better artist (laughs) (laughs) and so it's set over one weekend the husband is hoping for this big sort of reunion with his grown up children to celebrate a career sort of revival but she 
in the meantime is having an affair and dreading it and has her own sort of career ambitions and it all dry mm. sort of builds to a climax it's very funny it it's sounds great. very sharp it's the sort of book that people don't really write anymore because people are quite distrustful of you know middle class families living in Hampstead houses well, they don't get published that's the or they, reason maybe they don't get published yeah. Yeah. this one has been published but they don't yeah. take any Brilliant. boxes do they no exactly really. so what did she write before Charlotte Mendelssohn what's she's she written quite a few novels right um, very familiar <laughs> but she's one of these writers has been bubbling along yes. for a while and hasn't quite sort of tipped over yes. into the mainstream. Yeah. Um, I'm hopeful this book might do it but for her. But it sounds her. great. Yes, yeah. it, it's, it's excellent. It's yeah. very, very good. The second book is Vladimir. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, she's <laughs> got her own copy. I, know, I can sign. see. It's a yes. pathetic attempt at show and tell. I bought my, my one in. Which <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm glad. It's got a good, I haven't seen the cover because mine was just a proof. Oh, so it's a woman with her head in a wall. Yes, by Julia ah. May Jonas. It's very good, isn't it? Is it is very good. And it starts with the most extraordinary scene. It's sort of a prelude to the book. And this man is sort of sitting asleep on a chair and he's shackled. And there are empty cocktail glasses around you know, the floor and it's clear that something's happened. And then, the, then there you see, notice that there's this woman, an old woman, sort of looking at him. Mm. And it's all a bit Stephen King-like. But actually, it's not about Stephen King at all. The clue is in the title, Vladimir. It's mm. really a sort of retooling of Lita to some extent mm. because you've got an old woman infatuated with a younger man Mm. and she's married and he's married Um, but it also plays into the Me Too movement it upends a lot of the ideas that have become quite sort of entrenched Mm -hmm. with Me Too it talks a lot about sexual agency among women and perhaps women have got more sexual agency than they like to think Yes, It casts women as predators as opposed to always victims Well Well, yes but also just more in control of their Mm. choices than we're Led to believe well, sometimes. To believe yes, as possible. I yeah. think. I think it's a sort of. It's a slightly like a kickback on that victim culture. Absolutely. Of, that. Uh, is it basically about a man? Her husband has lots of affairs mm. with students on mm. the campus, but in the days when it was actually quite fun to have have mm. an affair with your professor. Mm. Absolutely. But, but now, of course, you're not allowed to do that yes. because because he's obviously abusing his power. Mm. So it's the idea of yes, whether you can have yeah. sex. With, uh, for a laugh rather yes, than... Yes, exactly, <laughs> you know, for fun. It sort of suggests that women, you know, can be in control of their sexual exactly, desire yes. in a way that at yeah. the moment we feel we're not allowed well, to Well, they're just that they're not always yeah. the victim. It's yes, very good and it's beautifully written. It is. It's funny as well. Yes, and mm. it's funny. Mm. And I also quite fancy Vladimir myself. Yes, he's quite attractive, <laughs> isn't he? He's <laughs> very attractive. There's a lovely swimming pool scene where he's... There is uh, a very brilliant swimming uh, pool Yes, scene. where he's sort of lounging around in his trunks. It sounds you, like it's a perfectly cinematic book. Oh, it's very cinematic. Yes, yes you're right in there. It's very good. But it's also got an older female protagonist, which you don't really hear from very often. So she's 58. Yes. And she's worrying very much about what it means to be 58 and men yes. no longer looking at her when she walks down the street and it does all that very well yes. I think yes. and that, again a voice you don't really hear but also I think the idea of a woman that age being sexually active and, yeah. and having is quite interesting and yeah. having yeah. desires yeah. she's also obsessed yeah. with the amount of calories that she eats absolutely which yeah. makes me laugh a lot it, it's wonderful <laughs> anyway I'm only halfway through so I, I, don't I won't you dare you. I won't. there the is ending. a bit of a the ending is quite climactic good <laughs> And my third choice actually sort of veers into your territory, Jeffrey, which is Nightcrawling by uh, Leila Motram. It's a debut and uh, it's an American debut. And it's about a young girl called Kiara and she's living in Oakland. She's black. You know, it's a sort of sort of misery story to a large extent. Mm. Her father is dead. Her mother's in a rehab facility. 
her brother is sort of hopeless and keeps trying to make rap records that no one's interested in and you know (laughs) and their landlord has just doubled the rent and so eventually she's absolutely running out of options she has to go onto the streets and it's based on a an event that happened in 2015 in which a young girl was picked up by various cops in Oakland and then used as their sort of sexual object and they didn't pay her but they would keep her safe from criminalization because Mm. they would be cracked down on prostitutes so it's very much told from her point of view so she was their own personal prostitute to an extent yes nice yes and so for her it was a way of sort of keeping alive you know keep you know keeping out of prison um and also enabling her to carry on making Mm. money but you know huge issues of you know abuse and power and you know so it's it's, so it's novelized it's a novelized version of that a novelized version of at least it takes its starting point from that that event Mm. but it takes you right inside the head of this girl she's an extraordinary fictional creation Mm. she's got an amazingly lively voice it's beautifully done the descriptions of oakland as the city is beautifully Mm. done yes that's it's a terrific, terrific, you know, much grittier novel. I mean, America is turning into such a basket case, isn't it? Indeed. Mm. And yeah. it's sort of, there's so much dystopian potential mm. there. Well, precisely, yes. yes. yes the it's corru- a writer's paradise. It is, really. yeah. Yes. yeah. But the corruption at, you know, high levels of power, yeah. you know, the police, you know, it, it, so it, it does feel like a very live novel. So that's what called Night Crawling. Night that, Crawling. That's yeah. amazing, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. great. I'm going to pick that one up. <laughs> so we asked you also to come up with your best classic book. Yes, Claire? this is difficult, isn't it? Like your I've, best, I've never best. read this book, I should read oh, this book. Oh, right. oh, one of those. Well, you see, I think I would always, this is quite poncy, I would always go for Middlemarch by mm. George Eliot. Uh. It's nice and big, it does a, everything. A doorstopper. It's a doorstopper <laughs> of a novel. I think if you've got two weeks on a beach and mm. you have nothing else to do, mm. What better way to spend it? Jeffrey's face is quite looks like he wants to die. I can think of many things I'd rather do than read Middlemarch. Possibly even, you know, cutting my toenails. Men don't like Middlemarch. I find that really. I don't think I have anything specifically against Middlemarch. It's just the idea of Middlemarch. Maybe that's what it is. Have you actually read it, Jeffrey? I think I started it about three times. You need to go on holiday. You need to go for a beach holiday for two weeks. Nothing else to do. I think Sometimes that's an amazing. I read War and Peace oh, on yes. the beach like mm. that. It's very easy and to read. I had War and Peace. I, yeah, Wonderful, but you have to have two weeks yeah, with you nothing. Do. You can always to do. use it as yeah. a pillow if it doesn't. Yeah. Work. <laughs> yeah. And Jeffrey, what would be your? Uh, well, I, I was trying to think of books that you know, crime or thrillers. Yeah, that, sure. I, I think there are two crime books that I would probably recommend to anyone. The first one is the obvious one, Study in Scarlet mm. by Conan Doyle, the okay, first Sherlock right. Holmes story. Right. When it introduced to Watson and you, you get the establishment of this extraordinary character who then goes on to mm. consume you. And the other one is also an introduction of a character. It's called The Mysterious Affair at Styles mm. by Agatha Christie. And I've it introduces read that. I've read, this, I've read both. Oh, I think yeah, this room is dividing very clearly. Me and Jeffrey are going on holiday together. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yes. Drinking Campari and reading Christie. Yes, we are. Yeah. And smoking long cheroots. We were discussing Those are books that I, you know, because I read so many crime mm, thrillers yes. that I don't really get a chance to read very much yes, else. Mm, yeah. um, yeah. just, it's consuming. It's a torrent of books. Yeah. And you feel so strongly, at least I do, I'm sure Claire does, you feel you know how much heart and soul has gone into oh, writing them. No, and really you, can't, you can't just throw it, oh, I'm not, inter- I'm not interested mm. in that. You've got to give it some yeah. thought and consideration. Yeah. Imagine the pain. I mean, I, I know only too well that the drive and the determination it takes. Yeah. You get a lot of people sending you their books. Oh, yeah. And and you, have you discovered the next Gresham? 
No. You get, <laughs> um, you get a lot of people sending you books which you probably wouldn't really want to get, to yes, get but nevertheless yes. there. And you have to be kind. Right. Yeah. And you yeah. have to say, well, you could try this or mm. try that. Mm. Um, it's astonishing. And in a way, it's a great privilege to mm. be in that position. Someone to come to you and say, look, I've written this crime mm. novel. Do you think it works? Mm. It's a huge undertaking to do as well. It takes an awful lot of time to write a book. Yes, what, the yeah. level of post-its on a yeah. wall for a start, the no, idea. Well, Emma's just writing her latest book. I am, yes. She has oh. to do 3,000 words a day. I do. That's what I'm doing oh. at the moment, yes. It's Imogen. not much fun. But Christy still rocks it, does she? Yes. She does. I think so. Is that the best one, The Mysterious Affair? At well, it's, it, it launched Poirot, and it's a marvellous story set post-World War I mm. and introduces you to this exceptional sleuth. Mm. And you feel somehow very quickly a great affinity in the same way as The Study in Scarlet introduces you to another exceptional mm. sleuth whom you want to know more about. And so I think it's one of those ones that resonates even now. Mm. But also they're such huge characters, aren't yeah. they, Poirot mm. and Sherlock Holmes? So it's lovely to just go look just at their the, inception. The birth, yeah. Yes, yes. The, the very beginning. Mm. Yeah. Is that your favourite, Christy? Or... I think it's my favourite, but it's difficult. She wrote so many excellent books. Mm. And it's again, it's very easy mm. to put Christy down. Oh, a bit like Agatha Christie. Well, you try and write She's one. As a, as a true crime podcaster, what do you think about the disappearance of Agatha Christie? Oh, good question. The, the, um, the 10 days <laughs> yes. and yes, arriving the back in, was Har she? in Harrogate. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes, I love that. It's the greatest mystery of yes. that. Greatest yes, mystery I, think it's, um, I think she deliberately hid. <gasps> I, think she, I think she was making her husband, the then husband, mad. Uh, I think was she was he having an affair? Yes. Was, was she having right. an affair? No, I don't think so. Right. I'm not saying that Agatha didn't, but I'm saying I yeah. don't believe so. And she was very angry with him and decided to stage this rather strange disappearance, leaving the car and, mm -hmm. and then ending up in Harrogate for no reason and nobody'd seen her get on the train mm. and where how did she get there and all that. And I remember going to the old Swan at Harrogate, partly when they were filming Disappearance, yeah. a, a movie that was made about that disappearance. It's wonderful. They've got a little suite. Dedicated to Agatha Christie. Oh, what fun! Is that where she? The actual suite that's where, where she, she stayed. stayed. Yes, that's where Ooh. she stayed. And is it one of those fantastic old red Victorian hotels? It's on not the red, front? but it oh. is Victorian. Right? Do you know? I'm, in yes, my I mind, had red I in my eyes. It's actually yeah. white. Is uh, it? It's okay. not quite light, but uh, it's very, very interesting stuff. And um, I think she did it deliberately in yeah, answer right. to the question. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Good. Mm. Good on her. Yes. Good. Yeah. Slay. <laughs> <laughs> She just went on strike for yeah, 10 days. Exactly. Yeah. I think she, yeah, she was in, doing Netflix and chill at home. <laughs> um, so the other thing is, often this happens to me, is I haven't got a book because I'm useless mm. and I'm, I'm disorganised, so I'm wandering through the airport. Oh, yes. And I, I'm confronted by mm. the enormous array of airport books. What would you recommend? Last minute ditch. Last minute ditch. I think that, um, the women's shortlist from this year and the booker shortlist from last year are often quite publicly displayed or yeah. in, in airports. So there, there's some good books there that would be, you know, a good sort of last-minute choice. Great Circle is a novel I loved. It came out last year. It's in paperback. It's by Maggie Shipstead. It should still be readily available. It's, mm. Again, it's a big whopper of a book, but it's a breeze to read. It's brilliant. Mm. It's about a fictional female aviator at the start of the 20th century in America. It follows her life through the history of that century. It's got a beautiful cinematic sweep. The writing is impeccable. It's absolute joy. Mm. So that is a great summer read if you're mm. rushing, dashing through mm. an airport, trying mm. to catch a flight. And then I suppose I would also go for Sorrow and Bliss. Oh, don't. Oh, do you not like that book? Oh, 
God, I so irritating. Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) Right. There's a lot of love for that book. I know, and I just don't understand (laughs) why. Yes, what did you not like? Oh, well, because I mean, yes. So she's she's she has a mental Mm. illness, Mm. and and what I found really annoying is the mental illness is never named. So it goes all you go all the way through the book. She's trying to find this diagnosis for what's Mm. wrong with her, Mm. and then when you finally get it diagnosed, I think the author bottles it and just goes, "It's called X X X." Something. I think that's quite deliberate, though, wasn't it? I know, it? but it's, that's yeah. really annoying. I oh, found that annoying. Right. Very annoying. Although there is a great scene in um, the storage unit, which oh, is yes. yes, which is a very romantic scene yes. in the storage unit, which yeah, I rather yeah. enjoyed the sort of bathos of that. I yeah. thought that was kind of interesting. Yes. But uh, yeah, it's very middle class again, and it it's, is quite middle class. Yes, and it's but it's all, also um, about a woman behaving very badly. Yeah, I mean, very she badly. behaves appallingly. Yes, I found her annoying. Yes, but I thought it was quite interesting to have this, you know, female <laughs> character who, you know, has mental illness as a sort of, you know, get out of jail card. But yes. actually, it's still absolutely awful. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes but yeah, the fine line between being mad and bad. Well, yes, or, yeah, being mad and just a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I think. yeah, that's true. <laughs> Jeffrey, any thoughts? On well, an airport book? Yes. Oh, yes. I think the first time I ever read David Baldacci. Oh, oh yes. yes. I, I, picked him, it, right. I picked it up yes. at an airport. I was coming back okay. from LAX, and there was the first one, Absolute Power. And I picked it up and I read it on the plane flying from Los Angeles to London. And I fell in love with Baldacci right there and then. And any Baldacci, the new Mm. ones are good. Mm. My other one would be, of course, Michael Connolly. Mm -hmm. Any Michael Connolly, any Harry Bosch, any of them. And they're all there. Rene Ballard. You're always going to get them. They're incredibly good sellers and they're worth it. I Mm. mean, Connolly is a wonderful, wonderful ex Reporter yes. turned crime writer. I remember reading an Anne Rice on the way on an air, oh. on an aeroplane and just <laughs> absolutely loving. I think it was the interview with the vampire right, years exactly. and years ago, and mm. I picked it up and I just devoured it. There's something about reading a whole book on an aeroplane that's just joyful, isn't just it? joyful. Yes, because yes. yes. yeah. you've got nothing yeah, else yeah, to do. Yes, exactly. glass I mean, of wine. Yeah, you can obviously watch. packing a peanuts. Yeah, yeah. honestly, fantastic. And yeah. it's perfect because well, there's also nobody can contact you. No. So there's there's no. Well, telephone. that's not true anymore now because they have the internet on the aeroplane. Yes, I did. Do, yes, yes. Oh, because when I read Anne Rice, I think you could have a fag as well on an episode. Oh. <laughs> Spark up in the back. God, the those back, were the days. Back around the labs. <laughs> <laughs> no, those were the days. Yes, How exactly. fantastic. Yes. <laughs> so I have a, another request, which is that my children who are teenagers won't read a book, mm. obviously, because okay. it's got words and pages. But they will listen to a book. Mm. They will listen to an audio book and they will listen to a podcast. So, what would you download for your holiday? Probably something by James Lee Burke. Right. Oh, yes, the American. Yes. Um, set in New Orleans. A wonderful detective called Dave Robichoux. Mm-hmm. And they make very, very good audiobooks. And if you're not a teenager and you're getting a, you know, your iPad out now, mm-hmm. try the new, either of the Richard Osmonds. Right. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Yes, very, very Is he good. reading yeah, yeah. them? Thing. Yes, he is reading He's, one of them. I don't oh, know about both. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what's the Richard not... Coles like? Yes, I was going to ask you. Is he reading the, the Richard Coles? The Richard yes, Coles. Yes, oh. I recommend it in, in my summer reads. Yes. But I, it irritated me, to be oh. perfectly honest. Why? It's just so <laughs> smug. Right. And it takes like, a, it, it's a hundred pages to get to the first murder. Oh, shush. No, that's just no. rude. You've got to open with the death hundred, immediately. A hundred pages later, I'm still waiting for the murder. Where's uh, the murder? You wouldn't get that with Oh, we've got all, this, all no. these wonderful people are described intimately. The uh, village is captured. The Flores family is captured. Uh, it's all elegantly done. It's all a little bit fey. Mm. It's all a little bit cosy. A bit map and Where's the... 
love I love Mappaluccia. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where, where's the Where's the drama? Yeah, right. Can I see yeah. the villain, please? Can I? Is it sort of Midsummer Murders? I was about to say that. It just sounds Midsummer Murders. Is it that kind I, of I, I, I wish it were as good as that. It's it's, it's a very good Midsummer Murders. They normally open with a murder. To be <laughs> they fair, they do. They do. They're yeah, but if you, I mean, I can understand why Richard Coles has got rocketed to the top of the mm. bestseller list literally in two weeks. Amazing. Yes. Well, he's um, very much beloved of everyone. Yes, yes he's a national treasure. He's a national treasure. It's like David Attenborough writing a thriller. But if you if you judge the book as a Crime yes, book. Yes. No. Uh, listen, no. uh, Runcie's books, Grantchester. Yes. Oh, yes. Are better. Yes. Oh, um, really? Well, he's a very good writer. It's stronger. Here, they're stronger. Yeah. The characters are stronger. Mm-hmm. And it's not so. Oh, look at that. Isn't that? It's not so quite so smug. It's yeah. twee. I think right. it sounds a bit twee. twee. Yeah. Sounds a bit yeah, trees. A lot of sort of description of rose bushes and yeah. not enough death for you. No, well, not enough death, nor, nor <laughs> yeah. enough real, what, what's going to happen next? Uh, uh, okay, yeah, we've got so a body. Really, oh, really guess what? It, yeah. The nice Daniel, the reverend, is going to solve the crime. Right. Oh, great. That's, I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> Jeffrey uh, hated it. As if, I'd, as if I hadn't seen it before. You know, crikey. <laughs> Jeffrey, don't hold back. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what funny. I don't do. <laughs> And we also had another category, which was an obscure author. Pick. Oh, oh yes, someone yes. you've never heard of. Well, I mean, <coughs> because we had all those. The, who was that Italian writer we had? Everyone Ferrante. Went, it's Ferrante. interesting you should say that because yes. there's a new Ferrante. Italian writer yes. who's just being reissued by Dawn and Books rediscovered and being rediscovered. Yes. So she's being translated into English for the first time. Her name is Natalia Ginsberg. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, is she is she related to? No, I don't think so. No. Um, the other no, it's, it's a Z rather than an S. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Uh, yes. I may want. Yes. Thank God for yeah. Claire. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Well, intellectual. Well, not really. <laughs> uh, anyway, so she was born in Italy at the uh, 1916, I think, and then lived through to the 1960s. And a lot of her books are about life in small town Italy mm. during that period. So there is a crossover with Ferrante, but she's more interested in politics, I think. Her, mm. her scope is broader. Where's mm. she based in Italy? Turin. Oh, right. so that's where I'm from. Oh, yes. Okay, well, that's that's right. for you. It's funny. I, I reckon. I recognise the name Natalia oh, Ginsberg. So maybe that I've actually read it in Italian. Read it in yeah, Italian. Yeah, maybe it's yeah. much more intellectual than I am. No, 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 no. <laughs> not, not in the slightest. But it's just that I went to school in Italy uh, and I grew up in Italy and my right. parents live in Italy. So there we are. I've probably come across her. You yes. may well have done. Yes. So she's a but real person, rather than Ellen Ferrante. She's a, no, is not so Ella a real Ferrante. Person. We don't know. No. Quite. Well, I think Ella. There is clearly a writer there, Obviously, but I don't yeah. think yeah. her name is Elena Ferrante. Nobody knows. Yeah. She's done that incredibly well. Actually, managed to keep that as quiet as she has. Yeah. And Natalia died when? 1960. She lost her husband who was an anti-fascist activist during the war. The yeah. fascists got hold of him and there were a did lot awful of anti-fascists things in to him. It was an right. absolute hotbed. Mm. Right. So a lot yeah. of her books are concerned with that, yeah. um, concerned with the politics of Italy yeah. during that period and with family. Where and I used to live in Italy, one of the houses that we lived in, there was an anti-fascist bunker just behind my bedroom and it went, it was like, it was two doors in the, because we lived on the hillside mm. and of course there are loads of hills around Turin, so it was brilliant for people hiding mm. and there was a two doors and then a tunnel in the middle oh, wow. and wow. Uh, my friend dared me to go in it once <gasps> oh, no, don't and I was terrified I remember going in it and I went about sort of I don't know Couple of fit, and then there was a sort of old shoe and some, oh. and I ran screaming from it. But yes, they were they were oh all hid in goodness. the hills outside Turin. Gosh, so you just can't get away from these, it. That's they built these little bunkers yeah. and, and stuff. Sounds wow. like an opening scene in one of Jeffrey's. Yes, no, it was. I, then I, for, the, for years after, I was convinced that there was a ghost that lived in there that would come out in the middle of the night and bang oh. on my window. <laughs> 
I did scare myself slightly <laughs> silly over there. You had a febrile imagination. I did have a febrile imagination, but yes, that's interesting because yeah. it was a bit, it was a huge thing. So have they have they published a, lo- a lot of these books, or is it? They've just... published quite a few. Oh, now. okay. So yeah. You can get so a... you can. You should be able to get. To and what's the sort of them, theme? Yeah. It's just sort of like. So it, it is. So it, she writes very simple and cleanly. So mm. Sally Rooney, interestingly, mm. is a big fan. She oh, okay. really likes that sort of very distilled, mm. clean, yes. easy sentences, but quite emotionally analytical. Quite a lot about being young and female but you know but also the bigger themes as mm. well so she's she's easy to read actually you know mm. I mean it, it sounds intimidating an obscure Italian novelist who no one's ever heard of mm. but but really she's terrific so I would definitely recommend that as, a, Great. as somebody to take a punt on Excellent Jeffrey. I don't have an obscure book, actually. Oh, Every, uh, uh, oh, all your books are obscure. All the books I start <laughs> with are obscure. You so many books, Jeffrey. Uh, the the, the, the mm. point is that if you get a really good debut, I mean, mm, I'm very, very yeah. fond of good debuts, mm, mm. it very rapidly doesn't become obscure. Mm, true. That in these particular areas, mm. they rapidly... But there aren't the any undiscovered, running. like this woman who you know died in 1960. There aren't any undiscovered. Well, there, there are races. mostly in translation. There's mm. a, some Japanese ones that are interesting, mm, but yeah. which are actually very violent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't say, oh, go and get the latest Yokohima mm. or whatever it might be, <laughs> because. I can't be sure, but, um, yeah. and I'm not going to. But there has been so many wonderful debuts. Mm. There's a very good debut which I'm recommending as a summer read by a woman called Shelley Burr, who's an Australian. Mm. Uh, it's called Wake, and it's about something a subject close to my heart, which is disappearance of a 19 year old sister mm. called right. Evie McCreary, and she leaves behind her younger sister Min and Mina, and the family is destroyed by the disappearance of her elder sister at a state fair and the you know mother's dies father runs off min is left mm. keeping the sh- the sheep farm but those sheep left it's a mm. it's a wonderful evocative thrilling debut with a great double twist a man who comes to investigate the private investigator expert at finding lost sisters arrives and she doesn't want to have anything to do with him. She's turned down request after request for reports and reporters and interviews. Oh, not going to do it. But he weaves his way into Mina's life. And it turns out that he was a boy at the same state fair when her sister went missing. And he suspects, and I'm not going to give the plot away because that would be unfair to anybody who bought one. He suspects that he may have known... Who did it? Ooh. Okay. okay, I love the sound yes. of that. Jeffrey, you tell a story beautifully. You <laughs> tell a good story. You said it was close to your heart. Why is it close to your heart? I think it's close to my heart because one of the things I do when I'm not reviewing is I make true crime documentaries. Mm-hmm. And the victims are, of course, one's terribly sad, mm. but the damage that's wrought on their families, whether yes. it's their mother, father, sister, brother one's is, left behind it's yeah. extraordinary mm. i mean not only divorce not only suicide not only alcoholism but everything and people forget that the ones who are left behind that almost have the harder time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's an absolutely extraordinary truth and so that's one another reason that i find that's this, why you like it because it's i really did yeah. like the book mm. what's it called again it's called wake 
and Might she called Shelley Burr. I'm definitely going to okay. get that. Very, it is, it's very, very good. Best Australian debut in this area that I've read since Jane Harper's The Dry. I was going to mention right. Jane Harper's The Dry when you were yeah, talking she's about absolutely it. Sounds, yeah, that, I mean, that was an extraordinary book, book as well. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to be very busy. Yes, on my week and on my week off. In, in you've only got one week, darling. I know I've only got one week off. So, but I shall have to try and uh, you know. Imogen, do you have a recommendation for the summer? Mm. Well, I was going to actually say Vladimir because I'm really enjoying it at the moment. Okay, good. Yeah. Mm. Thank you both for coming in and taking the time. Thank you. Very Thank much. you very much. Brilliant. Thank you so Enjoyed much. Thank you. Hugely. Pleasure. Great. Well, I thought that was amazing. Um, very. I now have an awful lot of reading to do. Yes. Um. I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. And we're going to put the guest recommendations in the show notes. So if you do want to read any of them, do you well, find yes. the details there. Yeah. If you enjoy listening to The Half Hour, why not visit mailplus.co.uk slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. And if you would like to get in touch, tweet us at mailplus, me at Westminster Wag or Imogen at Imogen EJ. You have been listening to The Female Half Hour with me, Sarah Vine and Imogen Edwards-Jones. Thank you for listening. <laughs>